of the day, God has the power to break. He has the power to mend. And the Lord will bless us as we adhere to this in Jesus' name. Bring you greetings from Apostle A.T.B. Williams and Reverend Omar Williams, together with all the entourage that went with him. God has been doing great things in the land of Nigeria, and our prayers have been answered. I know that the saints of God have been praying right from the time that they left us to go to Nigeria. And our prayers had had effect on the crusade. So they will come back to share the testimony with us. And we will be glad that we did not fold our hands while they were away. But we were with them in spirit. Our spirit was connected with them. And we prayed through. And the Lord honor our prayer. So thank God for everyone who have stood in gap to pray for our father and our mother in the Lord while they were on the mission field. This morning, the Lord impressed it on my heart. I was in prayer yesterday. And one thing I've learned to do, and I believe every one of us have learned to do, is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And each time you go to the Lord in prayer, the Lord will speak to you. Definitely speak to you if you pray from your heart. And when I was praying, the word that kept hammering in my spirit is, is friends, friends. God wants us to be his friend, friends, friends. And when I finished praying, I went into the word of God and I was searching the scripture about friends, about friends. Who is the friend of God? We have so many heroes of the Bible that were friends of God. And little did I know, when the message came yesterday that I'll be ministering, I said, well, there's no other message to prepare for than what the Lord has laid on my heart. And that is how we can hear God. You don't wait until you are told to minister, then you start scrapping through the scriptures, what will I minister today? What the Lord has spoken to you about? You may say, oh, it's just for me. It might be for you, but it can bless other people. So that's just... An advice for every one of us. Every one of us should be able to receive a message from the Lord that will bless you, that you can use to share with others. Not until you come to the altar, but you can share with your friends. You can share with your neighbors. You can share with your colleagues at work. That this is what God spoke to me this morning. And it could be that very word that they need for that time. And so this morning, by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, I'll be sharing with us what I title friend of God. Friend of God. Like I said, there are many friends of God in, this, in the Bible. All the Bible characters. We can talk about David. We can talk about Abraham. We can talk about Joseph. We can talk about Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Loads of people, even the women, Elizabeth, Mary, the mother of Jesus. A lot of Bible heroes that are friends of God. But we'll find out as we go along what are the peculiar traits that are in these people that I've listed that made them a friend of God. We can easily sing the song, I am a friend of God. We can easily tell one another that I am indeed a friend of God. But by the time we are through this morning, you'll be able to know if you are actually the friend of God. Friend of God. But notwithstanding, by the time we come to this meeting, I want to believe God that every one of us here, we make up our mind that we want to be a friend of God. Amen? 
John chapter 15, verse 13, says, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. So we can see that Jesus did not lay down his life for everyone, even though God gave the Son to the world, but he laid down his life for his friends. And his friends are not here marked. His friends are those who make a choice to become his friend. So, greater love has no man than this, than a man should lay down his life for his friends. In Proverbs chapter 18, from verse 24, and I read the B part of it. It said, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You will think that a brother has a blood, at least, there is a blood connection. So they are able to lay down their friend, their life for other people. They are able to be, to, to be supportive with other people, or with other members of their family. But the Bible says there is a friend that sticks more closer than a brother. Your friend's life may be short-lived. A lot of us that are sitting down here, we have our best friends. But for, for some reason, your friends may not live till eternity. Your friends may die along the way. So their friendship is short-lived. But we have an internal friend whose name is Jesus, who never die. He's seated at the right side of the Father in heaven, but he's with you and he's in you. And he's with you forever. So even though your earthly friends may disappoint you because we are mortal men, we are flesh and blood, or they may die and you may weep, you may miss them. But guess what? You have a friend that lives with you forever. You have a friend who is with you in your low time and in your high time. You have a friend that will outlive you because after you have gone, he still remains. So you have a friend that is, will always be there. It's a closer, more closer than a brother. What are the characteristics of a friend of God? What are the characteristics? These are the traits. Because when you begin to look through all these traits, you'll be able to think and measure yourself. I'm not going to measure you. I will measure myself with all these characteristics. And this is just a few of them. You'll be able to see, am I indeed a friend of God? One of the characteristics is trust. And we can see from the book of Proverbs chapter 3, from verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. If you have a friend, you need to trust that friend. If you have a friend that you do not trust, then he's not your friend. And God is saying that if you want to become my friend, if you want to become a friend of God, you need to trust God. You need to trust Him. In your low times, you need to trust Him. If God says He's going to do, He give, give, you, give you a promise, God is bound by His promise because He's not a man that should lie. He will always fulfill His word. He never allows His word to fall to the ground. You cannot use your intellect to discern God. God says we should not lean on our own understanding, but you should trust in Him. 
with all your heart. So trust is needed. Trust is an essential characteristic in friendship. Obedience. John chapter 15 verse 14 says, You are my friends if you do what I command. You are my friends if you do what I command. So we can see that there is a condition attached to friendship. You cannot say you are a friend of God and everything that your friend commands you to do, you refuse to do it or you think that it's not convenient for you to do it. You only do it when it's convenient for you. No. You abide by the rules of your friend. In this case, Jesus is our friend. We have commandments that is being given to us. One of the commandments is the Ten Commandments we all know. For the fact that Jesus has come doesn't mean that the Ten Commandments have been abolished. The commandment of God still stands. So if God commands you not to steal, and you are a friend of God, you, con- you think that you are a friend of God, but you steal, then that is you are not a friend of God. Because you need to do what he commands. So you are my friend if you do what I command. Another characteristic is the love of God. God wants us to love him. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. What is love? Laying down your life. Jesus laid down his life for us. But for us to say we are a friend of God, we need to do the same to our fellow brethren. He went further in that scripture. To say that if your friend is in need, if you say that you love God and you love your friend, you will not send your friend away. You will give them what you need. In this church, thank God, we are after the pattern of the apostles. And from onset, apostles have been telling us to be one another's keeper. If you find out that someone has been wearing a shoe for years or for months, and that shoe is beginning to wear off, instead of you making fun, the love of God, being a friend of God, you will do exactly what Jesus did. He laid down his life. Jesus will provide for his friends. Jesus will not allow his friends to go hungry. He will give his friend that essential needs. So it is for us to say we are a friend of God. And you find some, someone is suffering. Someone is deprived of the necessity of life. We are not supposed to close our eyes. We are supposed to be one another's keeper and meet that need if God has blessed you. So God wants us to lay down our life for our fellow brethren as Jesus did. First John 2:15, and I read 15 to 17. He said, do not love the world. We are talking about love. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you claim to be a friend of God, God says, do not love the world. Do not love anything that is in the world. Everything that is in the world is after the pattern of the, of the devil. The devil is the prince of the power of the air. And also is the God of this world. And everything that this world desires is of is towards the flesh. It's an evil desires. And the Bible says we should not love the world. 
or everything in it. What is in the world? He said in verse 16, For everything in the world, the craving, the cravings of sinful man, cravings of sinful man. What are the cravings of sinful man? They are coveting money. People are just money-minded. They want to make money at all costs, even if it will deprive them of coming to fellowship. They don't have time for God, but they can work hours, seven days in a week, working because they crave money. They want money. They covet it. What are your cravings? We are talking about the cravings of sinful man. They crave for sex. I will not expect a friend of God, someone who claims to be a friend of God, to, to crave for sex, sex when you are not married, indulging in sexual immorality, craving for alcohol. Can you imagine a friend of God indulging in alcohol, being drunk? Friday, some of our members are here seeking the face of the Lord from 10 p.m., to 1 p.m. How do you spend your own Fridays? There are so many clubhouses, theaters that are open on Friday. Many in this country. I don't want to believe that a friend of God who claim to be a friend of God in this house will indulge themselves in such cravings. We're talking about the craving of sinful man. Illicit drugs. Are there someone who is a drug addict in this place? Or you embark on that business, drug addiction, or drug, you know, propagation. Your own business is to be involved in drugs. And you think that, okay, as long as I can bring the tithe and I bring the offering to church, that's not acceptable before God. I will not expect it, but we cannot overlook it. Because the church is open to every kind of individual. The craving of sinful man. What are your cravings? Are you craving for gossiping? When you leave this house, your normal business is just to gossip. Sinful. Craving of sinful man. Pride. Envy. These are all cravings of sinful man. Evil desires. Anger. Violence. So, what are the things that are in the world? We are still talking about the craving of sinful man. The other thing that is in the world is the lust of the eye. What is it that you spend your eyes looking at? Some people have problems with pornography. God wants to deliver you this morning. We sang the song, Breaking Down the Chains. God wants to break that chain of pornography off you. Because you cannot set your eyes on pornography and you feel that you can claim yourself to be a friend of God. It's not on. You cannot. Because a friend of God would not look onto things that are immoral or evil. They will behold holy things. So, pornography. Do you watch nude films? Or do you, do you engage yourself in horror movies? These are the things that will not make you to see angels. These are the things that will affect your dreamland. Some people are afraid in their dream. They scream over their, in their dream. A child of God should not do that. A child of God should be able to dream of heaven. Should dream of angels. 
to dream in a, being in a gathering of the saints, fellowshipping, praying. Those are your dreams. You dream that an angel came to you and they are opening the pages of the scriptures and they are teaching you the word of God. Because why? You spend your time open into the perfect law of liberty and you are reading it day in, day out. That has been your craving. That should be the craving of a child of God. That should be a craving of a friend of God. What are your cravings this morning? Lost of the eye. It's the lust of the eye. Is it something that you just want to possess so many possessions? You just want, you want cars. Different cars, types of cars. Different types of clothing. Some of us, our craving, lust of the eye. We just want to buy every cloth that is displayed. Even if we don't need it. My mom, my, my mom and I, we were discussing about one of our neighbors that died just these few days. And almost all the clothes that she bought, and she's the person who loved to buy clothes. But all the clothes that she bought, she did not live to even wear them. So what's the essence? Lost of the eye. Clothing that you do not need. If you have not worn a cloth for about one year, you, you don't need it. It's not everything that you crave for in the marketplace when you go for sales that you have to buy. Lost of the eye. Not every social thing, social events that happen, weddings, naming ceremonies, different types of events that you have to buy new clothes for. You don't need to buy ashwabi for every single event. Lost of the eye. Lost of the eye. Friend of God will not indulge in such. These are how worldly people behave. So a child of God needs to be different. If we are acting the same way as the world, then we are no friend of God. Because the God that we serve is a jealous God. He doesn't want to share us. Friend of God. Boasting of what he has. The pride of life. So there are three things that are in the world. The loss of the flesh. The loss of the eye. And the pride of life. Pride of life. What are you proud of? Some people want self-glory. Self-glory. They just want to be, to be noticed. They just want to be praised. If you are not praised, they are offended. If someone else is praised above them, they are offended. Pride of life. Pride of life. At the end of the day, God is the one that takes the glory and no man. So if you are someone who just loves self-glory, and you deserve to be worshipped. You deserve to be praised. You deserve, you, des- you desire position of power above others. That's pride of life. God wants us to be contented with what we have. Whatever God has made you, be it to the glory of God. Don't crave to be who you are not. Another scripture that is familiar to that is in James chapter 4, 4 to 5. He said, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Friendship with the world. We have just, I've just told you what the friendship of the world, what the world is, what is in the world, the loss of the eye, the loss of the flesh, the pride of life. So if you are friends to this. He said, is an hatred towards God. God is a jealous God. 
And his jealousy is not the jealousy that applies to man. It's a jealousy that God wants 100% of us. He doesn't want to share us with anybody. It's either you are in the world or you are in God. And God wants us who claim to be his friend to be in God 100%. So you, he said, friendship with the world is hatred with God. Anyone who chooses to be a friend, so it's a choice. You can choose to be a friend, and you can choose not to be a friend. And if you are not a friend of God, that means you are an enemy of God, because that's the opposite. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensively? So what God is saying in essence is saying, that, look, I'm jealous of you. I do not want you to share me with the world. The world cannot give you the full satisfaction that you desire. But I can. I can give you life to the fullness. I can give you peace that surpasses all human understanding. That even in the midst of tumor, in the midst of confusion, you can experience the peace of God that surpasses human understanding because the world will expect you to tear yourself into pieces, but you still maintain your cool. Why? Because Jesus is your friend. Be a friend of God, brethren. Another characteristics of a friend of God is fellowship. You cannot say that you are a friend of God and you turn your back to fellowship. You will love to fellowship. I love the way Apostle defined fellowship. He defined this on the 27th of February 2017 when he was giving us a sermon about ministering of angels. And he said fellowship is having intimate relationship with the divine God. Fellowship is having intimate relationship with the divine God. That's the place God wants to take us to. That is the place that God wants to take us to. God misses miss our, our intimate relationship. Anytime we are far away from him, he misses us. He wants to hear from us. He desires relationship. He doesn't want your fellowship to be from afar. He doesn't want you to worship him or serve him from afar. A number of us are far from God. God said, I want you to draw closer. Draw closer to me. A lot of things that we are battling with, we should not battle with it. The things that we are worrying about today, we should not worry about it. When the answer is in God. And God is, if God should open our eyes, it's like he's nodding his head. This is the path I lay down for my son. This is the path I lay down for my daughter. Just for him to have an easy ride. But he has chosen to go through the complicated way. He has turned my, his back or her back against me. So God is saying he wants intimate relationship. The only story I can give about this intimate fellowship with God is that book of Genesis. And it's about our beloved brother Enoch. Genesis chapter 5. Verse 21, from verse 21, it says, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 
300 years. How long have you been working with God? After he became a father. So this man was not a single person. He wasn't a single person. He wasn't a bachelor. Because if, we, if he's a bachelor, we could have said, oh, he had time for God. He doesn't have any wife to bother him. He doesn't have any children that he has to send to school or to be shouting about on. No, he's a father. He's a family man. He has a wife. He had a wife. And he had children. So after 300 years, he walked with God for 300 years. And he said he had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. What, what, what a privilege. This man did not experience death. His friendship was so much intact that God said no. It looks as if we are missing each other on earth. Let's continue our friendship in heaven. It took him completely from the face of the earth. But I want you to compare. This man walked with God, had fellowship with God, had intimate relationship with God for 300 years. Compare your age, minor age, to 300 years. The oldest person in this gathering, I don't know how old you are, maybe 80 or 84 or 85. Papa Okuti is not here, he's in his 90s. Compare it to 300. And if you are struggling to walk with God, when we say walk with God, he had fellowship with God. He prayed to God regularly. He had that regular communication with God. He read the, the, the law. He read the word daily. We can compare it to our own time. When there is fellowship, he comes to church regularly. When this door is open daily, he found himself in the building daily. At home, he has a regular time with God daily. In the morning, he seeks his God. In the daytime while he's walking, he's sick, he's God. When he comes back, when he's walking, when he's driving down, if he's drive, when he drives, or maybe we don't know if he drove, but in our own time, we are driving. When you drive, when you are in the bus, when you are on the tube, when you are in the plane, or maybe paraventure on the ship, he's sick, the face of his God. He's in communion, you know, in with God. Can you compare that to you? I'm talking about being a friend of God this morning. Being a friend of God. So you must spend quality time with your friend. You are never in a hurry when you are in the presence of your friend. You know some people, I don't know if that is you. Maybe while you are communicating with God, you have your wristwatch by your side. Or your mobile phone. And you are praying, you are watching, looking at the time. You are timing God. God, I only want to spend maybe five minutes with you. Or I want to spend ten minutes with you. Oh God, well, I will give you two minutes today, but tomorrow I have time for you. Ten minutes. No, 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 you can't be a friend of God like that. You cannot be a friend of God like that. Another characteristic is dependability. Because of time, I will not read the old scripture, but we can find that in the book of Genesis chapter 18 from verses 17 to 33 about the life of Abraham. When God was telling Abraham, he said, look, can I hide anything from my, from my servant Abraham, knowing that he will command his children to obey the law? And that is when you, God have to branch 
in Abraham's house to inform him of the mission he's about to commit in Sodom and Gomorrah, discussing with a man. And Abraham found himself discussing with God, dialoguing with God, interceding for the people of, not, well, not for all the people, but for his nephew that is in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God was agreeing with him. Because God knew. Why, was, why did God have to branch in Abraham's house before he can go on a mission? Because he knew that Abraham will teach his generation, his descendants about the word of the Lord. Can God depend on you? Can God depend on you? Can Apostle Mamioma depend on you? If God, if they, if both of them cannot depend on you, obviously God cannot. God cannot. They went on a missionary trip, but where were you on Tuesday when they were not around? Where were you on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Where were you? Some people went to Bristol yesterday to preach the gospel. They are members of this church. They can be depended upon. Where were you? Some people went on evangelism yesterday. Where were you? Can God depend on you? In the choir, ushers, different parts of the department, departmental in the church, can they depend on you that if the head of the department is not there, they can guarantee that this sister will be there, this brother will be there. But can they ever depend on you? We need to measure our life. We need to get serious and measure our life. Dependability. And lastly, faithfulness. Faithfulness is needed to be a friend of God. And we can take that from the story of Moses in the book of Numbers chapter 12 from 6 to 8. He said, listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself in, to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why should God speak to Moses as a friend? Because he was faithful in all his house. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? Are you faithful in that which God has called you? Ordinance, are we faithful? God poured oil upon our heads and set us as leaders of this house. Are we faithful or are members more faithful than we are? The meetings we are supposed to come, do we come? When we are told to give, are we the first to take the lead? Faithfulness. God expects us to be faithful. So those are the characteristics I can think of, but there are loads more, but time will not permit. But what is quickly, before we bring this meeting to an end, God's obligation, what is God's obligation or right to his friends? When we do our part, what will God do in return? Because God is jealous over his friends. God loves his friends to beat. So what will God do? Revelation. God's obligation. He, one of it is revelation. Amos 3, 7. We all know that. Surely the sovereign Lord, 
does nothing without revealing his plan to his servant, the prophet. And we, can, we saw that in the life of Moses. Said Moses is not a man that I have to be speaking in riddles. I speak to him face to face because he's my friend. So if there's any issue that needs to be revealed, it will not be kept in the, he, he will not be kept in the dark. He will definitely be revealed to him. What is the issue about your life that you are still kept in the dark? Could it be as a result that you are not closer to him? Could it be a reason? Could it be the reason that maybe you are not a friend of him? Maybe you are not faithful. Maybe you are not dependable. Maybe your fellowship is from afar. Could it be? God doesn't want to leave us in the dark. He wants us to experience his love and he also wants to know his plan before time. Nothing should catch a, a child of God on our ways. We should know. When you are, when things when evil is about to strike, God will reveal it to you and he will reveal the way out. He will not leave you stranded. He will not allow the evil to overcome you. He will reveal it to you. And if good is about to happen, he will reveal it to you. You will sense it. Nothing will catch you on our ears. Nothing will come as a surprise to you. So, revelation. Another thing is protection. Protection. We all know Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He will say of the Lord, is my refuge. In him I trust. So, when you have God as a friend, he will protect you. Because you will always go to a secret place. And so, when you are in a secret place, you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When evil pass, it will just pass. He will not come near you. It will be like the children of Israel that were shielded without blood. And when the angel of death passed by, they were untouched. So are you. When you become a friend of God, you will be protected. God will protect you from every arrows of Satan. The Bible says the snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Why? Because we are a friend of God. And verse 14 of that same scripture, Psalm 91, says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. What does it mean to acknowledge the name of the Lord? It's giving God the attention that he deserves. God wants us to give him the attention that he alone deserves. So when we, we are a friend of God, we are protected. He will rescue us. And another thing is answer to prayers. Psalm 145, which we all read every day. Psalm 145, verse 18 to 19 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. When you are a friend of God, he answers your prayers. When you are a friend of God and you speak to him regularly and you are faithful to him, he will answer your prayers. In Psalm 91 verse 15 to 16 said, He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. A friend of God will be when a friend of God calls upon God, he answers him. And we can see this fulfillment or this promise fulfilled in the life 
of one man called King Ezekiah. Is there, if there is any man that I love in the scriptures among the kings of Israel, is that man called Ezekiah. He was so faithful. All the kings that ruled in the days of, of, the, of Israel, in Israel, one thing that they did, sometimes, sometimes they would give them a testimony, we'll have a testimony that says that they all did what is right in the sight of the Lord. But, there's always a but. And one of the but is that they do not remove the high places. They did not remove the high places that was in Israel, that was stationed for pagan worship. And that later became a snare for the children of Israel. But the only king that did so was Ezekiah. I love that man to beat. I love him. But there was something that happened in his life. That he did not take no for an answer because he was a friend of God. And I read from the book of Isaiah chapter 38. From 1 to 6. He said, in those days, Ezekiah became healed and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order. At least he had an announcement about his death. So, a friend of God, nothing caught a friend of God unawares. Death didn't just happen. He knew. He was told that, look, you are about to die. But the best thing you can do for yourself is put your house in order. This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. So it's a definite thing. Irrevocable. You will not recover. You are going to die and you will not recover. Not you may, but you will not. So it's a definite thing. Ezekiel turned his face to the wall. A friend of God will not take no for an answer. Guess who? This is not one of the minor prophets that came to give him the announcement. He's a major prophet. Isaiah is what we are talking about. Isaiah was a prophet that saw the pre-existing Christ. Talk about his birth. Talk about his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And also talk about the coming of the Messiah in the last day when we will all be caught off. So we are talking about a major prophet here. This man could have said that that's it. My life is finished. That's it. If Isaiah, this is not just Amos that came. Isaiah. That's it. But a friend of God will not take no for an answer. A friend of God will know their destiny. A friend of God will know what God tell, talks. Talk, they will know God's plan for themselves. They will know God's ordination for themselves. A friend of God will know the mind of Christ. The, the friend of God we can even change it. The will of God. Because God sent Isaiah. He wasn't just talking from his head. He was talking from his spirit. He was talking from his heart. Isaiah turned, Ezekiah turned to the Lord. Turn his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. That's, what, that's the first thing that a friend of God will do. They will not cry unto the pastor. They will not go to a friend and say, guess what? I've just received a bad news. They know what to do. They know that the first point of call will be God. Oh, God said, okay, I will still go back to God. God is able to change that decree. So, a friend of God will always know what to do. They have wisdom. They have knowledge. They have insight. Remember, O oh Lord, 
This is his prayer. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully, a friend of God, and with wholehearted devotion, and I've done what is good in your eyes. And Ezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Ezekiah. That is the same God. <laughs> this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayers and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. Not every man will be able to do that. But a friend of God will. What was his testimony? He was faithful. He served God with wholehearted devotion. Is that your testimony today? Evil days will appear to every one of us, whether we like it or not. It's not, it's not a curse. Evil day will come. And that is why the Bible talks about in Ecclesiastes 12, remember the Lord your God your creator, in the days of your youth. Every one of us that are still living, we are youth. Whether you are in your 70s or your 80s, you are a youth. As long as you can still stand on your feet and you are breathing, you are a youth because you now cannot compare your own age to the ageless master, the God of eternity. Compare your age. So you are a youth. But God, while we are still breathing, while we can still move our hands, while our brain is still intact, Let's serve God. Let's serve God because the day you may not need God for today, but you will need him for tomorrow. If you ignore his friendship for today, you will need his friendship tomorrow. It's so sad when people are on their deathbed and they are telling God that, God, if you can just deliver me from this sick bed, I will serve you. That's a bad prayer. I will call it a too late prayer. So while you are still strong and healthy and you can still serve God, serve God. So that if sickness do happen, you will confidently tell the Lord, Lord, remember, I was faithful in your house. I serve you with wholehearted devotion. I'm always available to you. I'm always dependable. You can depend on me. God, I cannot die now. There's still much work for me to do for you, apart from the one I've done already. That should be your testimony, and God will answer that prayer. But for you to be telling God, I will, you are promising God, all this life that he has given you before, you've not done it. So while we all are still strong and healthy, I want us to make up our minds that God, as long as I have my being, as long as I have breath within me, as long as my bone is still strong and healthy, as long as the grace of God that is upon my life is still intact, I do not want to waste it. I want to be a friend of yours. So that, Lord, when the evil day will come, I'm not looking forward to an evil day, but evil day will surely come. When the day comes that I cannot lift up my hands and I'm weak, I cannot even come out of my bed, I will have a testimony, O oh God. Let my testimony be intact. Let my testimony be sure. Can we rise up on our feet this morning? I don't know how many people this message have touched. But while all eyes are closed and all head bow, if this message has ministered to you this morning and you want to renew your fellowship with the Lord, 
you want to renew your fellowship with the Lord, I want you to lift up your right hand to heaven. I see that hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Just lift them up sky high so that heaven will see it. We are not ashamed this morning. This house is a house of answer. It's a house of solution. It's a house that needs are met. No one go home the same. Everyone has an appointment with God. For everyone, before I pray for you, you are going to make up your mind. Because making up your mind is that this is what I've decided to do. You are not just depending on your prayers. You are de- you are de- the prayer is mixed with determination in your heart. A lot of things we don't need to actually pray for. We just need to take that step and do it. It's like you saying, God, help me to pray. Just pray. Help me to read the word of God. Just read the word. Help me to attend the fellowship. Because come out of your house and go into your car or take the bus and come to church. That's your deliverance. So the prayer we are praying for you, let it be connected to the determination in your heart. Be determined that I'm not taking no for an answer. We are not all going to live forever. We are not going to live forever. We want our testimony to be constant and to be consistent. So lift up, raise up your hands before the Lord. Father, we want to thank you this morning. We bless your name, ancient of days, because, Father, you seek men that will worship you in spirit and in truth. You seek men, O oh God, that will fellowship with you. Men that will have an intimate relationship with you. Master Jesus, you are here this morning. Father, you are our helper. You said, O oh God, that we look up to the hills from where cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You are the God that help us when we are helpless. You are the God that strengthen us when we are weak. You are the God who give us the ability when we do not have the ability. You are the God who lifts us up when our head is bowed down. And so, Father God, these are hands, O oh God, that have made up their mind to have a closer fellowship and a closer walk with Jesus. So that the grace that came upon Enoch, the grace that came upon Abraham, the grace that came upon Samuel, even throughout his own days, the grace that came upon Moses, the grace that came upon Paul, the apostles, the grace that came upon Peter, the grace that came upon all the prophets of old, my God and my King, I ask that that same grace let you come upon us. I say that grace let you come upon us. That grace that came upon Apostle T.B. Williams. Father God, I have known him now getting to 30 years. But God, his strength is still renewed. His strength is getting stronger and stronger. Even though he's increasing in age, but Lord God, his strength also is increasing. And his, 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 his years, oh God, Father, even though he's advancing, but his strength is being renewed day after day. I say that grace that is upon Apostle T.B. Williams, we covet it, oh God, this morning in the name of Jesus. We say, let your grace come upon these hands that are lifted up. Father God, we pray that we we'll never get tired of worshiping you. We will never get tired of serving you. We will never get tired of fellowshipping with you. Father, we pray that our friendship with you will be intact, O oh God. We pray that you will depend on us. We pray that you will rely on us. We pray that you will be used by you in the name of Jesus. Anything that hinders us, O oh God, from serving you as we should. Father, for some, it could be their job. 
And Lord, they have been crying unto you to change their job. My God, today, we stand in agreement with them. The Father, those who have put the application through, Lord, we ask that the application will go for the right job that we give them time to fellowship with you. Let it go through in the name of Jesus. Let success come unto these ones in the name of Jesus. Father, it could be healed health. Lord God, I pray. The Bible says, oh God, that you went into the synagogue, Jesus, and you noticed a woman that was bent over for 18 years. And the Bible says that how can this daughter of Abraham be bent over? And Lord God, immediately your hand touched, reached out, oh God, Father, to her, and she was straightened up. My God, are you not the same one who when you went into Peter's mother-in-law, and mother-in-law's, and mother-in-law's house, and the mother-in-law was stricken, oh God, by fever. And Lord, you touch her. Lord God, she was not able to do her normal service. She was a woman that served, but she was not able to serve. She was bedridden. But God of heaven, when you lay hands on that woman, the Bible says, oh God, that the fever left her immediately. And she woke up, she stood up on her feet, and she began to serve. Ah, my God. I pray, Father, for this one, oh God, that I seek this this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will make them whole in Jesus' name. Every sickness, whatever your name is called, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We say we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Every sickness in the eye, every sickness in the head, every sickness in the lungs, every sickness in the kidneys, every sickness, oh God, in the, in the pancreas, every sickness, oh God, in the ovaries. Father, we decree, be healed in the name of Jesus. Every joint sickness, we command you be healed in Jesus' name. Every back pain, we command you, go in the name of Jesus. Father, from the crown of your children's head to the sole of their feet, we declare them healed in Jesus' name. Father, for as many that are discouraged this morning, that is just discouragement that is injuring, injuring them from serving you or coming closer to you. Today, my Father, I ask, oh God, I will encourage them in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will take away every form of depression. You will take away every form of sorrow. You will take away every form of despair in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength this morning. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength this morning. Father, we pray for an empowerment from heaven. Father, as hands are lifted up, Jesus, the Master Jesus, touch their hands, O God, with your righteous right hand. Touch their hands with your righteous right hand. Let strength come upon them. Let zeal come upon them. Let enablement come upon them. Father, let passion for God come upon them. Let them love God, O God, with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their strength. Let them be selfless in the service of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you all the glory because it is done. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen and amen.